Hey everybody, it's Doable Discipleship, your favorite podcast out there. You know what? I just made a huge assumption. I'm assuming it's your favorite podcast. It's our, certainly certainly our favorite podcast. Right. <laughs> um, Doable Discipleship is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith. Or, you know, as Linda is going to say in as friendly a voice as humanly possible. It's the show that helps you grow. Couldn't couldn't have asked for friendlier. Um, so, friends, we have been in this little series on how to re-engage relationships. This is um, the third episode in this series. So if you're just checking us out for the first time, you may want to pause, go back to um, our first episode in this series, How to Re-Engage Relationships. And then you can listen to last week's episode with uh, Pastor A.C. Aaron Crumby from uh, our Saddleback Los Angeles campus. Today, we are putting a very fine bow uh, on this series by welcoming uh, Todd Oltoff. He is our pastor of pastoral care here at Saddleback Lake Forest. We've had him on the show before. Uh, he's a genius in basically all things related to caring for people and caring for ourselves. And so we're just thrilled to be able to talk with him today about this. It's going to be a very practical episode. It's just going to be talking about, okay, how do I talk with people? <laughs> how, how do I engage? You know, it's just very how-tos and it's going to be, it's going to be great. Todd is great. Um, so really looking forward to this conversation. Um, so we will be joined by Todd Oltoff in just about what, five seconds from now. All right, we are back here. I think that was five seconds. I said five seconds, I think is what I said. We're back. This is, uh, we're uh, welcome to be joined by by Todd Oltoff. Todd, thank you so much again for being here. We've had you on before. I know you're, you know, you know what's going on, but I'm just so grateful that you were able to join our conversation again today. So uh, thanks for being here. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So, so we've been, uh, talking about this idea of how to re-engage with relationships. There's, you know, just strife, there's hardship, there's, there's uncomfortable conversations. There's kind of like, I don't know uh, what to say or what not to say, just all that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people, probably most people I would kind of venture to guess have some element of that, that they are dealing with in their life. And so I just wanted to start our conversation with you today, Todd, by kind of just looking at culture a little bit right now writ large, and, and I, I think what we can see, I, I would imagine a lot of people would agree with it, that our, our, that our culture is telling us that our beliefs almost act like our identity, that, that, our, that, that we are our beliefs. And so, so by nature, if we disagree with what somebody else believes, then I must disagree with you as a person. I must dislike you. I must, you know, maybe even hate you or think that you are, you know, evil or off your rocker, you know, or whatever it is. Right. And in mm-hmm. last week we talked with, with AC, you know, about this kind of heart attitude that can lead to this kind of thinking what's going on in us, our brokenness, if you will, that, that kind of gets us to this place. But I wanted to ask you kind of on a practical side, mm-hmm. how, how, 
what's some advice? How can we practically separate the idea of identity from just a belief or a disagreement? How, how, how do I not tie these things so closely together when I'm talking with somebody else? Yeah, I mean, that is a great question because that is absolutely what we're seeing in society. And I think it, it's important to understand uh, even psychologically where identity sits. Uh, identity actually sits in the right side of my brain, not the left side, if we're using the analogy mm. of right brain, left brain. Yeah, yeah. So our left brain is the rational side and our mm. right brain is the emotional side. And so many times when we think we're talking about beliefs, we think we're talking out of the left side of our brain. But in reality, we're talking out of the right side of our brain because that's mm. actually where I, our identity lives. It lives in the emotional center. So as soon as I take a belief and I say that the belief defines who you are as a person or your identity, as soon as I do that, I've put you in a bind now because I'm starting to talk to your emotional side of your brain. So now what happens, I can no longer have a debate with you on the facts because I now have to defend my personhood. Hmm. So now you're attacking me as who I am as opposed to my belief. So we no longer anymore are talking about a set of facts and we're having a friendly debate. Now we're talking about whether you're a good person or not yeah. and whether your identity puts you in the right spot. And that's why most of what we're seeing in our society right now is emotion. It's emotional overload, right? Mm -hmm. People are just, you know, Basically, the primary emotions we're seeing in our society right now is fear, shame, and anger. And all of those things uh, wind up and cause us to stop talking about the real issues that we're talking about. And, and they're all attacks, right? I've got fear that whatever my belief is isn't going to be accepted or go right because that defines me. And so now all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about that. So I get angry if you don't agree with me because now you're rejecting me. You're not just disagreeing with me. You're rejecting me. And I'm going to shame you into a place where you finally agree with me because I have to have you agree with me to have my identity be secure. So when you think about that, we're not even talking about the facts that we're talking about in our society today. We're actually trying to establish our identity and meaning and purpose. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to deal with because we're not de dealing with what we think we're talking about. <laughs> That's, I feel so like, good. I feel like we could just stop this right now. That was, that was, okay. I want to hit on this oh, so right good. brain, left brain thing, because I think painting a picture is incredibly helpful for people to understand this truth, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, not many people probably understand or realize that belief is formed in base and lives in that right side of your brain in the, in, in, in with emotions that they're so tied together, right? That they're integrated. Well, yeah, our, together. Identity, our identity is in the right side. Mm -hmm. Beliefs are, are are a left brain thought process. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I said that right. Yeah. Yeah. If a belief is rational, right? Then it then and I think it's rational. Then it should just live on the on that uh, left side rational side. But our identity is on the right side. So if I tie my identity to my belief, I'm no longer dealing with belief. I'm actually defending my personhood. I'm not defending a, yeah. a position anymore. And that means too, I I can't I can't affiliate with anyone then mm -hmm. who doesn't hold my same beliefs because if I do. Now I have guilt by association, right? My identity now, I'm guilty by hanging out with the wrong people. And this is as old as scripture, right? Jesus had the same thing happen to him, right? Oh, you're hanging out with the sinners. Therefore, you must be a sinner, right? Yeah. Uh, this, is what we, this is what people are, this is what we're doing now. And that's where we're seeing so many separations with people into these, in this tribalism, so to speak, right? These groups. I can't even talk to you because otherwise I might somehow be infected by you or guilt by association or whatever it is. So, so it's really tough. 
Okay, so how do we solve a 2,000-year-old problem? <laughs> really good, really good question, right? Really, really good question. That's a tough one. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I think a lot of it is that realization that that's what we're dealing with. Mm. Uh, because I think so many of us get sucked into debates that we think are just honest debates. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, I'm being called names, and I'm being mm -hmm. categorized, and I'm being... You know, all of a sudden, my identity as, as my 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 Christianity is being challenged, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I'm a, I'm a heretic or something because of something I've done or or something I believe, which has and it might it might not even have anything to do with Scripture itself, but somehow now all of a sudden I'm on the outs because I'm not, you know, because that's it's a philosophical thing that's being attacked that's being used to attack my identity. So, mm. wow. I just, I feel like I'm so enlightened. I'm practically speechless. It's like, that is so, <laughs> so helpful. Um, so part of the reason that we wanted to have you in, in this conversation is because of your pastoral care background and because you're just so good at understanding sort of the nuts and bolts of how people relate. And as I was thinking about, you know, we have people coming back to the workplace, groups of people that have been only behind screens for months and months and months finally coming together. We've got the holidays on the not too distant horizon where people are going to be together maybe for the first time. And we're going to need tools to kind of help us navigate these conversations because it's been really easy to be behind screens and like this or, or say something about that and, and feel a little bit anonymous. But now we're going to be face to face with people that have probably made some really sort of powerful statements about who I am. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so now as we get together, I just, we're going to need some tools to navigate those conversations. So, yeah. Yeah. So just some ideas on how to, you know, how to engage that when it comes up. Um, you know, I, I think first off is again, if we have that recognition that most, most of the time when people are, are linking beliefs with identity, it, it, there's an emotional crisis going on at some level. And so if I understand that that's the side that I'm speaking to, uh, and I know I've talked about this before in, in a previous podcast, but, but emotions are designed for soothing. They're not designed for solving. Mm. So you have to understand, I'm never going to argue you out of a feeling. And as a matter of fact, if I continue to try to argue you out of a feeling, you're going to dig in because you don't feel heard yet. And where conversations go wrong is where I'm trying, I think that I, I think I can actually argue you into feeling differently, or I can argue in, you into my point. And I think, and I think I'm doing this left rational debate, but really what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm telling you you're invalid, right? What you're feeling doesn't matter. Okay. Now we don't talk that way, right? We don't actually, we're not actually aware that that's what's happening for us. But if we can understand that when people are really charged about something, they're really upset, right? I'm, I, I'm not going to be with you anymore because you don't believe like me. It's more important to tune in a bit and say, well, tell me why this is such a concern of yours. Like what, what, why is this, why are you so passionate about this? Mm. Uh, what are you feeling, right? What's, it sounds like you're afraid of something. What, what, what are you afraid of? Tell me. Get curious as opposed to oppositional. Mm, if you can good. be curious as opposed to oppositional, then I can listen all the way through. Because I think today people, because they have been behind screens, they just assume that I'm going to put my belief out there and they sort of, ex they like assert it with a little bit more force because mm -hmm. they assume they're going to get punched back. And so when I don't punch them back, when I just stay curious and say, oh, well, tell me about that. How come? And Oh, okay. Well, how did you come to that conclusion? What is it that, you know, it sounds like you're really upset about this. What, what happened? 
if I tune into what's happening for them and I stay curious as to why they're stating what they're stating, as opposed to being threatened by it, mm-hmm. many times I de-escalate the emotional piece, right? Because I'm comforting the emotional side, that left, that right side's getting comfort, and now it's safer, and now we, we can actually come back to maybe a rational discussion if we need to. That might be all that's actually needed. I mean, most of the time, people just need to feel heard. Mm-hmm. They just need to feel heard because they're getting just just remember this that anybody who has a strong position has been hit by somebody else. Wow. Right? So wow. they've been hit by somebody else. So if that's true and I want to be Christ-like, well then I listen. And what did Jesus do most of the time, right? He he listened first. He wasn't threatened by what was said and boy there were a lot of threatening things. Well, and to your listen. point he was asked many, many questions. And most of the time he responded with questions. He only answered, I think the statistic is like three, <laughs> right? you know, but he mostly responded to questions with deeper questions. So that's right. That's right. Jesus was always, you know, always inquisitive because again, the issue was rarely the issue that was brought up and he would yeah. always take it to a deeper level. Uh, right. You think of the woman at the well, right? She, you know, that whole conversation was political. If you want to want to look at it that way, right. Right. And and she even tried to take him to politics. Who's right? The Jews or the Samaritans. Right. And, and all that. And Jesus kept taking her back to the, hey, I got living water. Right. That, 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 allegiance to me as the Messiah is more important than whether you're on the Jewish side or the Samaritan side. And mm-hmm. uh, I think as I think as Christians and as, as followers of Jesus Christ, that that has to be clear to us that our allegiance is to Jesus. And uh, no matter what your political or societal belief or whatever it is that's going on, um, if we're if we're both followers of Christ, that means we should have fellowship. I mean, think about this, right? Jesus' disciples. I mean, he had two political enemies on a, that were disciples of his, right? He had a tax collector and he had a zealot. And they were yeah. both on the opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And we never mm-hmm. see that they attacked each other or beat each other up or had vigorous debate. So, somehow they could have fellowship. And yeah. uh, I think that's a I think it's a beautiful symbol of of how we need to be as uh, followers of Christ as well. Yeah, I think I think too it's important to remember when we're talking about um, asking questions. Uh, just a you know just a word of, of advice I guess is 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 don't ask purposefully leading questions to try to get your opinion to be the right you know like you know don't yes. don't ask your questions in such a way that the other person is going to you know be be offended or whatever but genuinely what we're talking about what Todd is talking about is asking questions of that show that you care that the, that you care about what the other person is feeling right, right. <laughs> yeah tell yeah, me that's... more how did you come to that conclusion yeah your question you know, how... should not be how could you think that trash? Okay, yeah. Like that's a question, <laughs> yeah, 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 but that's yeah. not the type of question we're talking about. Yes, yes. If, the, if, if your question causes another negative emotion, then you've run away from being curious and now you're being insulting. And so, yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Qu- those kinds of questions are a technique people use to, you know, get their, get their point across and win an argument. So <laughs> I can just see that on like a sitcom. What? I did ask questions. It's like, okay, wait. <laughs> yeah. Wait. I did what you said. And it <laughs> my why? I don't know why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So we've been talking about asking questions and we've been talking about just, you know, some things to be, be aware of, be aware where these things are living. It, it, in the brain, you know, where, where identity is living, all that kind of stuff. So 
I, I wanted to kind of put ourselves in kind of, you know, a practical situation. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, you know, get some, you know, some words of wisdom here, Todd, like, mm-hmm. if we were, I should say, what is a list of maybe like five things that are probably good idea to avoid saying or doing in a conversation, especially if you know that you're in conversation with somebody that you know you've had disagreement, that that you probably land on the opposite sides of some things. What are some things that we probably should steer clear of? You know, and not just saying not just saying topics, but like things that we're saying. Oh, okay, yeah, like the actual thing. Because I was going to say, you know, obviously the the easiest way to steer clear of bad conversations is avoid the things you disagree on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, just practically speaking, if you, if you want to go into a conversation and not have to worry about it going sideways that way, where, you know, you disagree with someone, don't open those topics. Uh, because, you know, I, I, I think, I think again, people are too quick to make agreement a requirement for relationship. And, uh, the boy, I tell you, if that's the case, then, then there are no marriages that are successful out there because, uh, two people can't agree on 100% of the things any percentage of the time. So um, a lot of times people do that. But I, again, I, I, again, topics, I would, you know, you, I would avoid topics that, you know, are disagreement. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the things I would say avoid right away. And that's, that's something you can do without even saying anything. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so a lot of times what you don't say than what you say, um, you know, and then, and then I would say too, is that, you know, in your, in your conversation, said one of them don't use leading questions that are trying to guide someone to your conclusion um nobody likes to be manipulated and so many times that's manipulation and and you watch that you know we watch that stuff on social media because we have a lot of people that are communicating through typing and now you got to use words Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so you know all of a sudden we're like well shoot what that what's that like and now i'm in front of a person and i you know and all of that so the benefit we have now is also read the face of the person that you're talking to if they look mm-hmm. pained at all, if they look upset, then you know, hey, I've touched a nerve and I need to back up here and be willing to say, hey, I'm sorry. I mean, this is a novel concept, right? Sorry <laughs> feels like surrender. Mm. But in reality, if I've offended you or I've hurt you, I've got I've to realize that I'm attacking the identity side of you somehow, right? I've hurt something. And so be willing to say, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I can tell that that probably hurt you. I, I, I don't want... I. I don't want that to happen. I, I'm sorry. And then change course. I think I think we have to get you know better at those kinds of things in our relationships as well, um, and get away from that you know the goal of of just saying my truth, whatever that is, and then you just deal with it. Uh, I think we have to be very sensitive to uh, where people are at when we're there, and um, and so reading the face of of what's happening for people is very important. Um, and then just, you know, like I said, uh, um, you know, avoid, avoid any of those things, you know, would trigger negative emotions. And, and I would say mm. this too, if you're angry and you find yourself getting escalated and you find that you're getting upset, then you probably need to check and check yourself and stop mm. because nothing mm-hmm. good is going to come out of that. I mean, we say that in parenting all the time, right? Don't, don't parent your kids out of anger, right? So you're taking your anger out, let's say on the kids. That's true in conversations as well. Is that if if we're get, if we're getting escalated inside, and we all can feel it. Nice thing is our emotions are attached to our body, so we can feel it in our <laughs> chest, we can feel it in our stomach, right? We know when we're getting, you know, can feel the flushing happening and in our neck and all that kind of stuff and face. 
that if any that's how we, we that's when you need to back out and just uh take a time out and 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 stop talking so sometimes it's good too just to stop talking i like so. to go to the wisdom of daniel tiger where he says give a squeeze nice and slow take a deep breath let it go <laughs> <laughs> we do that yeah. with my kids <laughs> it's not a bad it's not a bad way to go because you know the the next thing that i was even going to ask you about was about de-escalating you know it's like now we're sitting and and we've seen the conversation kind of become it's now in a place where i don't see an escape route <laughs> so so your your real top pick would be just to step out of it just stop it yeah, well, I would say, I mean, again, is is have have so. So one of the one of the important things that we want to learn to do, and be prepared in in conversations is to respond instead of react. And so, if I'm getting escalated, I'm reactionary, right? I, I can, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. if my emotions are in charge. I'm no longer thinking with my left brain. I'm thinking with my right brain. I, I'm emotionally charged now, right? And I and I'm out of control. So I need to have enough self awareness to know, whoa, this is getting too too far. And, and, and immediately what I would say is just in the escalation, just say, hey, hey, hold on a second. I can tell we're getting escalated here. My, my relationship with you is way more important than this. And I'm sorry. Oh, I, like I, think I, yeah. I think I've said some things to hurt you. And I don't want to do that. And so can we just stop for a minute and just, just, just back up and, and, uh, and, and can I just say I'm sorry? Did I, mm. uh, I think I said something that hurt. Did I say something that hurt you there? Right. I yeah, I love that because really what a disarming thing. I'm thinking of so many conversations I've seen happen and it just it just keeps escalating and escalating and you don't want to leave with that kind of tension in an in an important relationship. No. And yet to just take that approach and say, "You know what? You're so much more important to me than this issue." I think mm -hmm. that that sucks the wind out of it and it it brings things back to a place where, okay, our relationship is more important than this issue. And if maybe by refocusing it, it really does then change it enough, you mm -hmm. know, to be able to then maybe let's talk about something else and then go in a different direction. And then the emotions have time to catch up, you know, <laughs> relax. Yes, ab absolutely. Cause, 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 cause that's a, that's a vulnerable thing, right? I mean, if I'm going to uh, and if I'm going to admit that, hey, I did something that might have hurt you, right? And I'm going to say the relationship is more important. That that's a vulnerable thing. Well, vulnerability begets vulnerability. So mm. what I'm doing is I'm as I'm as I'm saying, I'm not even saying I. I don't have to even say I agree with you. I can still disagree with with you, but but I'm owning the fact that I'm being disagreeable. Okay, so my mm. attitude or whatever I did hurt you, and and I can own that without having to agree with you. Mm -hmm. I think so many people feel like if I say I'm sorry, then I'm agreeing with your point. That's not true, right? I'm sorry for the pain I'm causing you in this moment, right? Something I said is causing you some kind of pain or angst because you're getting angry or you're or you're sad, whatever it is, I can see it on your face. And so I'm, I'm sorry for that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that what I did caused that. Because again, I may think I'm, I'm debating a belief, but I'm I may be doing it in a way that you're feeling it's attacking your identity, which means I'm causing you to feel defensive. And here's one thing that's really important, right? If another person, if you're talking to somebody and they're defensive, then I must be hitting some kind of emotional nerve, right? I must be hitting something related to identity. 
because people only people only get defensive if they're having to defend their sense of self. I'm not super mm. defensive on a on an idea or a point that I might think is true, but isn't anything about me personally. Right. Because I could care less at the end of the day. Go, oh, OK, well, hey, your argument was better than that one. I'll let that one go. But when some, but when you're attacking me or I feel like you're attacking me as a person, I get defensive. So, so defensiveness is always a sign that you're probably, you know, hitting that person in a personal way. And I want to back up and notice that and say, hey, wait a minute. I, do, do you feel like I'm attacking you right now? I might even ask that question. Mm, yeah, good. you are. You are. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Holy moly. I, I, I didn't mean that. I, I guess I got, I, I'm sorry. I got out of hand. I was, I was talking about this and now I don't want to hurt you. And so again, I'm, I'm just, I, I have to check myself. I think what you may have inadvertently hit on here, Todd, was that there's a lot of people who tie their identity to their favorite sports teams. I think that's what oh. we just realized. Oh, you know? that's very, very true. There's a, there's a lot true. of people who get viscerally upset if you disparage their sports team. And it's because they identify this is a part of me. That's right. That's absolutely I think, right. I, I think that's. I, I, I think we just broke some ground here. We, did, um, we really did. We really did. <laughs> so now, now, now you can say, "Hey, I'm sorry. You know, I offended you for that's, following that, 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 that That's that, right. Following that, that team, that's horrible. No, I'm teasing. Right? You know, unless you are <laughs> a part of the rival team, and then it's just meant to be, and then yeah, it's just well, it's yeah, designed. It's meant to be that way. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to ask you, Todd. Um, one thing we hadn't talked about yet in this series. Um, but but I but I think but I think it's important is to talk about how input the things that we input become influence our output, mm-hmm. and so the things that we we engage with that we watch or read or listen to or whatever it can start to impact and influence the way that we engage with others. So if we if we um, I continually watch things or listen to things or read things that are argumentative, we are more likely to be argumentative in how we talk about the same topics with other people, right? So yeah. I just, I, I wanted you to talk just a little bit about, about that idea and kind of some things, maybe some, maybe some ideas or advice or tips on kind of, you know, hey, just be aware of this, be aware of what your input is kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I mean that's I mean that really is a that really is a good point because if you look if you look at our you know modern day media and everything that 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 we get it 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 really is all about getting you mad. Mm-hmm. Because if I can get you angry then my viewership goes up. I mean you look at you look at the statistics, you know, out there, you know, there was there was plenty of of you know things that happen in the media. Well, they have to look for the next thing to generate ratings. Everything's based on ratings. And so we know this with advertising, right? That emotions sell things, right? If I can get you to feel something you never knew you needed to feel by owning whatever it is that I'm selling, you'll buy it, even if you didn't need it. And so that's true in the realm of ideas, in the realm of politics. And, you know, I mean, you name it, that's what's happening. So when you're watching a lot of media, right? And you're, and you're consuming that media, notice how angry people get and notice how angry you feel because most of what we're what you what people are consuming when they get upset is that their personal rights are being threatened Mm -hmm. there's 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 this anger that comes up and so what ends up happening is is most of the time then the other side gets propped up as someone to demonize and 
and put down. And so when you consume that type of stuff over and over again, if you're leaving the news angry, uh, then you're probably watching the wrong thing. And that's going to come out somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. It's just going to, it's just going to come out somewhere. All of a sudden you're going to be angry at your spouse, you know, for, for no reason, or you're going to be, you know, and all they're like, what the heck's going on? You know? And it's just because all of those, all of that emotional charge has to go somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no, that's no, I, I, that's so true. I, I wanted to hit on that again quickly was that for any sort of story building or narrative building, which is, which is what these things are doing, which, which is yep. what the media, all, all sides, all types of media are trying to do. You have to be able to channel that anger in, into something. There has to be a villain in the story. There has to be a bad guy, right. the other. And it's usually takes the place of the other side, right? So, you know, the left blames the right, the right blames the left. And so you just, so, so you are creating a villain where there isn't necessarily a villain, just people who think differently. And like what we talked about in our first episode, where we talked about defining a disagreement, don't let this idea of we disagree, therefore you must be the villain in the story. Don't let that become yeah. true. Right, right, right. exactly, exactly. Because it, it, when, we, when we villainize people, again, so it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, right? When you villainize someone, you've made whatever the issue is an identity issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now, now I have to deny my, I have to be destroyed as a person or deny my personhood or whatever it is to now all of a sudden not be the enemy anymore or something, right? It, it's, it's, it's an insurmountable thing when you're looking at reconciling with someone or you're looking at trying to keep relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, because boy, if I, if, I, if I have to cease to be who I am and start over to have a relationship with you, boy, that's a, that's a, tough, that's a tough thing. And, uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. It's when you're defining what a, di- what a disagreement is, uh, again, that, that old phrase, you know, agree to disagree. Okay, yeah. that's only possible. Okay, that's only possible if I'm dealing with my left brain, right? If I if my identity is in it, then for me to agree to disagree means I'm agreeing to say I'm a horrible human being. Well, who's go- who's going to be able to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, and that literally is what you know many times that that we feel like someone's asking us to do, and uh, it's it's that's tough. You're not going to get anywhere with that. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I wanted to, you know, as we start to put a a little bit of a bow on this, I wanted to, as we've talked a lot about, about the identity piece and just being aware of hitting on, of, you know, those trigger points, you know, that could make people feel like their identity is being threatened. You, You know, as you're not just talking about this thing, it's, you're talking about me. For as we think about our identity and what our identity mm. is tied to, Todd, I wanted to to ask you, what is some, or I should say, what are some ways that we can start to properly root our identity, to properly attach, if you will, our <laughs> identity? <laughs> um, I just I just wanted to kind of open the floor to that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, first off, it, it's very important for us to understand that everyone's identity 
right, has a couple of factors connected to it. So we have whatever we choose to organize our life around that has an impact on our identity. And obviously, as followers of Jesus Christ, you know, we want to we want to root our identity in Jesus mm-hmm. and make him the center of our lives. Many times what happens is, is we put something else at the center and then we sprinkle Jesus on top of it. And mm-hmm. so we try to moralize whatever that thing is that we think we have to have to make our, our life make sense and work. And, and the reality is, is that that's, that's not the case. If we, if we really root ourselves in who Jesus is and we have a true relationship with him, then all the other stuff works out on its own. But our identity is also made up of, of the culture that we've grown up in and the culture that we even live in now. All of us yeah. have a history. Right. We have a history. And so in that history, we learn things about how to relate. We learn things about how life works. We learn certain beliefs. We learn how to handle emotions or not handle emotions or handle them poorly. Right. Most of us, you know, nobody's had an education in that. So we learn how to handle them poorly. We either <laughs> avoid them. Right. We avoid them or we try to do anything we can to keep them from showing up or we demand that you address my emotions. Right. We got all kinds of different ways in which we, we handle those things. But we have this history, too, that that shapes who we are and makes us unique. And so we want to root who we are in, in Jesus and be aware of the fact that we've grown up in a, in a culture where things are damaged, okay, mm-hmm. that we don't, we're not perfect and we've got a lot of things that we have to work on. If we, can, if we can understand that piece and come at relationships with that humility of knowing that I don't know all everything I know about you. You know, we look in our mm-hmm. society and everybody's really quick to want to put people into boxes that they can then take, take shots at. Without realizing that each human being, right, each person that God's created has a completely different history, a unique set of circumstances, and I have no idea what I'm actually doing to that person. Mm. And we see this in social media, right, where people will say things to people that they have no idea has a trauma background, and they lead them to a place where they take their lives over a social media post. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. or or whatever and they think it's no big deal and yet now they've 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 they they've, they've said something that causes this person to go off the deep end or or causes all this pain that they don't even know is present so when it comes to our identity our identity is super complex right and each person is different and so that's why if we're going to to deal with these things we need to make sure that we're coming at it from the perspective that the person is more important than the point mm-hmm. that's so good and that and that was Jesus's thing every single time. The person was more important than the point. And uh, and if we can if we can remember that when it comes to identity, we can remember all those pieces. And remember too that as followers of Christ, we have a we have a new culture that we've been invited into, right? We get to we get to live a new way of living because of what Jesus modeled for us. And the more we can lean into that, the more we can be healing to people, and be able to talk to anybody, regardless of whether we agree or disagree. We can do that, and, and the person can still walk away feeling loved, even if they know we disagree with them. And I tell you, if that's the case, that's where we can build relationships. That's where we can make a difference in people's lives. Um, it's not talking them into some right set of beliefs that now make me feel better about them because I've got one that agrees with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that, 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 that's kind of how, how I would talk about it. Hmm. I'm just letting that one ring. I know it's, I feel like, you know, as I'm thinking about it, even in my own, just my own personal relationships, I'm, I'm captivated by humility and getting curious and thinking about that other person before I think about being right. And, you know, the person's more important than the point. It's just like, I mean, I'm just, I'm grateful for those insights because some it's in some ways it's so simple 
you know, and in the other, in other ways, it's like, I need the Holy Spirit to help me do this because this is not my natural way of responding. <laughs> yeah, very true. It's also it, just it make us okay. defensive, you know, it can make it, you know, because again, when we're attacked, it's very hard to do that, right? When we're mm-hmm. being attacked. Yeah. So. And it's also just helpful to remember with the humility piece that, you know what, we're just a couple of broken people <laughs> kind of talking about issues about other broken people. And uh, so when, you know, if you're really looking for a right or wrong, odds are you're not going to find it because you're dealing <laughs> yeah. with broken people trying to figure out things together. And, uh, you know, in, in this case, two broke things don't make a right. So, uh, you know, just uh, it's, kind of important, it's kind of important to just remember that sometimes to be like, man, look at us, just a couple of broken people arguing over this thing that, you know, other broken people are saying or doing or telling us. And, uh, you know, yeah, at some point you just kind of, you know, have to acknowledge the absurdity of, Uh (laughs) of things. Very true. Very true. Yeah. What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Uh, well, Todd, I wanted to thank you for for hopping in on this conversation. Uh, I mean, you know, for for those of you listening, I would encourage you to just you know almost go back to the beginning of this episode and start it again, because yeah. um, you know, a, a, a Todd came in like an expert miner or excavator, and just discovering all of these gold nuggets for us. So, uh, you know. Thank you for that, Todd. Um, (laughs) So guys, this has been, you know, our series on how to re-engage relationships. I really hope, I know that Linda really hopes, I know that Todd really hopes that this series, uh, you know, has been helpful, has, you know, has helped you as you are thinking about the relationships you have in your life. Um, As we said earlier, we all have them. So as you are thinking about those, not just the other person, but also yourself, how you are handling this, you know, how you are approaching people. Uh, I just, I, I just really hope that this series uh, has been, has been helpful in this vein. And so, and just a reminder that we love you, that, that we're praying for you. We'll be back next week with uh, another new episode of, of Doable. And, uh, Todd, I mean, again, if you are at the Lake Forest area, if you're a member of Saddleback, then you can go on saddleback.com and find info on the pastoral care stuff um, on, on all, all of the resources that they have available. Um, I actually, I also think if you go on saddleback.com slash books, I think you can find some books that, that Todd and others on, on, on the pastoral care team had recommended regarding relationships in regarding care to um todd is there is there a book i know that you're an avid reader is there a book that you would like to recommend right now i didn't i didn't prep this you know so i just i'm, I'm hitting you a spur of the moment but is there a book even one that kind of speaks to this idea of of, of, of identity is there something that you would run it oh man you recommend? got me right off the top of the head man. i know i, I uh i'm trying to think of uh of a good one yeah you got me stumped there that's all right it'll come It'll come. Yeah. So, okay. So what we'll do, I'm going to give Let's Todd, I'll give you one later. We can I was going to say, I was going to say, I, 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 we're recording this early enough that Todd can get back to us. So look on the show notes um, and uh, you will see a book recommended by Todd. And then um, it, it, 
if we think of others as well, we'll put them there. Um, okay, guys, you, we hope that you have an awesome week. We will be back again next week. Todd, thanks again. Um, we love you, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week